Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 15. I'm your host Stephen Westway. Great to be able to sit down and talk about rugby league on this Tuesday night. I hope everybody out there is going well. I mean we're pretty much halfway through the season at this point so there's a lot to discuss. The Canterbury Bulldogs with a huge upset victory over Parramatta yesterday. I thought it might be a boring podcast because all the favourites and all the teams that were expected to win one on the weekend, but that all changed yesterday afternoon, the public holiday Monday, Queen's birthday match. Uh, the Bulldogs really put the cleaners through Parramatta, and there's a lot of people that are now questioning Parramatta's premiership credentials for this season. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to you know, talk about whether I think Parramatta are still contenders when we get to them, their match preview, and what about the Bulldogs with that huge victory yesterday? Is this the start of a new chapter in their club? One where they can rise from the bottom of the ladder, which they're now up to 15 from the Gold Coast Titans and down to the 16th spot. The dreaded you know, wooden spoon is currently at this point of the season in the premiership race. So will this be a new beginning for the Bulldogs? Can they really start take that win and start building towards something special in a couple of years' time? And is Mick Potter, the interim coach for the Bulldogs, one that can guide them through, you know, a, a few more wins before the end of the season. So plenty to discuss just in that game, but it's good to be able to sit down on this Tuesday and just talk about rugby league. It's been a really busy couple of weeks, both in terms of my life and in the NRL. I mean, obviously the buy affected rounds have come into effect because of State of Origin, and I was up there last Wednesday night, and it was a great spectacle. Obviously, the result didn't go the way I wanted to go as a New South Wales fan, but, you know, going back into round 14, it was good to get a full round of football back in, but that happened straight after, you know, State of Origin, had a lot of work as well, and I've, it's just been a really busy time for me, so it's good to be able to sit down, get to a, back to a little bit of normality, and, you know, it's a very important part of the season for a number of different reasons in terms of rugby league. The first one, well, we're Round 15 this week, there's only 25 rounds in the regular season. And those teams on the cusp of the top eight, teams like Manly, the St. George or Dragons, and the Canberra Raiders, very important for those teams to start hidden form if they still want to be contenders for this top eight finish. There's a couple of teams like the Rabbitohs who got a good win, you know, uh, last weekend. They got a tough draw coming up. They got the Dragons on Thursday night. The Dragons can make a big statement if they can upset them. And then you got teams like the Eels and the Roosters not in the best form at the moment. Seven from eight. So there's spots open there for those teams on the on the cusp. You've also got teams like Penrith and Melbourne who have to navigate their way through this State of Origin series. And this week in particular is a really important week for Brad Fittler and the New South Wales Blues. Now Queensland, they've got the 1-0 series lead they're in the hot, uh, they're in the you know the box seat to take this State of Origin 2022 series out. So I don't expect Billy Slater to make many changes heading into Game Two. Obviously, Xavier Coates got injured in that first game, so expect either Murray Talangi, Corey Oates, or maybe even the Hammer to come in and take that spot on the wing. But besides that one change, and unless there's you know some injuries this weekend, I'm pretty sure the other 16 players will be the 16 that ran out last Wednesday night. For New South Wales, however, you've got players that, as I mentioned on my post-show for Origin last week with my Round 14 preview, and don't worry, there's another State of Origin preview coming your way next week, and you know I'm also going to preview the rep games because there is no NRL next week. The representative round is going to take over the world of rugby league, and I'm excited for that. I don't even know where I was going with this point now. Oh yeah, the Blues. So, there's also, you know, that, that question, not just the players out of form, with that representative weekend coming up, you've got players like Daniel Tupo and Katoni Staggs who, you know, may or may not get picked for game two, but players like that will have to choose, will they be playing for Tonga on that representative weekend or will they choose to uh to stay with the blues? It's gonna you're gonna be an origin like a state of origin loyalty, or is it gonna be, you know, the origin of your family and your, your histories are, uh, you know, loyalty. So it's going to be an interesting decision from those guys. You've got players that really have to perform well for the Blues. They're going to keep their spots. I'm talking like guys like Tarek Sims, Ryan Madison, Stephen Croydon. The microscope is going to be under all these players and their performances this week. And Brad Fittler's got some really tough decisions to make along with Danny Badiris and Greg Alexander at the Blues if they're going to level the series and make it one all.
All right, with that out of the way, I mean, as I mentioned, it's good to get back to a normal full round. It was good in round 14, and there was some big action. We've already mentioned the huge Canterbury Bulldogs upset, but some good performances on the weekend, and the Cowboys and the Broncos just, you know, keep seem to keep winning. The Broncos, it was through courageous circumstances. They had no players on the bench against Canberra. I tipped Canberra for the upset on this show last week. Adam Reynolds, you know, their half once again got injured, and he's out of action this weekend. But they just found a way to do it. They won that game 28, uh, 20, 26 to 18, I believe it was. And, you know, they would have taken a lot out of that, but there's some changes this week, like the loss of Adam Reynolds for the Cowboys. Again, I tip the Dragons um, to upset them. They end up getting five out of eight for the round, by the way, if anyone wondered. But, you know, because I thought the Cowboys had an off performance, they had excuses with guys backing up for Origin or not backing up, but they just came out and they were clinical. And we're at the point now, 15 rounds in the season, where you've got to really start to consider them as a serious threat to this premiership to the point where if they are to make the top four, even if they're not, if they are to finish in fifth place, you've really got to be wary if you're oppositions. And, you know, it's a daunting task. If you're going to have to verse the Cowboys at Queensland Country Bank Stadium up there at Townsville, which is a bit of a graveyard for oppositions going there because the Cowboys are so good there in the extreme heat. But think of the proposition of those teams going up against the Cowboys in round one of the finals up there at Townsville. It's, um, you know, it's scary stuff. And if that does happen, if that situation does occur, then the Cowboys are going to take so much confidence into that first round of the finals. So, you know, teams impressing me, teams aren't impressing me. If we go to the team of the week, for round 14, some big performers this weekend. At fullback, I went Scott Drinkwater from the Cowboys. I think he's been close to their best player all, this, all year. He was outstanding on the weekend, scoring tries, creating try-scoring opportunities. He's really found a, a home there in the fullback position, which is crazy considering that he was not the original first pick for that spot at the start of the season. But I thought he was outstanding on the weekend. My wingers this week, Alex Johnson, I Another free try haul against the Gold Coast Titans. That's two games in a row where he scored free tries, and that has taken his total all-time tries to 150. He's only 27 years old. He's only got 62 tries before he equals the all-time record of Ken Irvine. It might sound like a daunting task, but at 27 years old, if he's getting you know four tries a week, uh, four tries, sorry, 15 tries for the next four seasons, he's there. So. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how close he can get to that record. And his centre partner also made my team of the week this week, and that was Campbell Graham. I thought their combination was outstanding. I've talked up Campbell Graham multiple times on this show this season. I think that he's origin-ready. Defence wins origin. I cannot be more impressed by his defensive efforts this season as a South Sydney supporter. But put in the attacking stats that he's been providing the last few weeks, I think that Johnston and Campbell Graham, that left-hand side for the Rabbitohs, especially when they bring back Latrell Mitchell in a couple of weeks back into the fold for the for South Sydney, I think that could be one of the um, most ruthless left-hand sides of the competition, just like it was in 2021 with Cody Walker you know, in, on fire last year and, and having all those trices. I think we could see a similar trait towards the back end of this season. My other centre this week is uh, Marion Seve from Melbourne. He scored two tries, set up another one for Green Anderson, the young rookie on debut. I thought he was phenomenal. And the other winger for me is Brian Toe, 280 metres, two tries. Probably the best player in the field in Penrith's clinical victory over the Newcastle Knights. In the half this week, I've gone Matt Burden from the Canterbury Bulldogs. He's always close to their best player, and I thought that he was outstanding in their upset victory over Parramatta. The future of the club is dependent at the moment on re-signing Matt Burden, who's off contract at the end of 2023. He would be my top priority if I'm Canterbury heading into this off-season for sure, to re-sign and get his signature. Half back this week is Nathan Cleary, over 700 kicking metres. A try, a couple try assists. It was a really good response, considering I thought he had his worst game in the State of Origin Arena by far. Last Wednesday night, I thought he was extremely disappointing, and I think he's going to be you know, out to justified that he's still New South Wales' best halfback option heading into this game two down there at Perth uh, next weekend. But I think that, you know, champions respond, and that's what Nathan Cleary did on Sunday. And let's hope for all us New South Wales Blues fans that he can replicate that in game two. 
My front rollers this week are Joseph Tarpanay from the Canberra Raiders. Sure, the Raiders lost, but over 240 metres for Tarpanay, 35 tackles. He's been Canberra's best forward this season, and I think he's been one of the best forwards in the competition. He was enormous um, and almost led his team, especially in the forward pack when they were coming up against guys like Payne Huss and, and that relentless, um, you know, energy of the young Broncos forwards. I thought he led the, the Raiders around well on Saturday, and if they won, he would have been one of the key reasons. My other prop this week, Josh Alloway from the Manly Seagulls. has been impressive all season. He's really in contention for one of the NRL's most improved players in 2022. He scored two tries, which is very rare for a front row to do, but he was outstanding all across the park in both attack and defense on Sunday afternoon. My hooker of the week is Reese Robson from the Cowboys. Apparently, he's in contention for for a shock spot in the New South Wales Blues squad for Game 2. It probably would be deserving the way that he's playing. I don't know if I'd pick him personally, but a, a try on the weekend, some good metres out of dummy half. He's an explosive hooker, but he's also very competent defensively, and I think he made 50 tackles against the Dragons in that victory on Friday night. My second role is this week, Felice Cafusi from Melbourne. I thought he was outstanding. His best game of the season, apart from State of Origin 1. He really brought that professionalism and... Um, big game effort from State of Origin back to the Melbourne Storm. A try, a try assist. Good defense and uh, over 150 meters. Marva's second roller is Big Tino for Silamali. He came off the bench for the Gold Coast Titans backing up from State of Origin, but he scored two tries. He was easily their best player, and if anyone was given South Sydney headaches, and don't get me wrong, the Rabbitohs weren't great in that game by any stretch of the imagine. It was Big Tino. My lock of the week is Jason Tamalolo from the North Queensland Cowboys. This is really a a season where Tom Lolo's got back to his best football and it's really revived his NRL career. And, you know, at the start of the season, people and pundits, including or me, were suggesting, and even I think Todd Payton, how much footy does Tom Lolo have less in those legs? When the Cowboys are at their best, Tom Lolo's at his best, and he has over 200 metres on Friday night, an outstanding performance. On my bench this week, I've got Tom Flegger from the Broncos. Big game performer. He really stepped up. Josh Adokar from the Canterbury Bulldogs. Three tries against the Eels. He was getting back to his best football, and it's almost uh, going to be insulting if Brad Fittler doesn't consider him for game two. Ruben Gary from Manly was outstanding in their victory, and so was Hemian Olakwatu. Fantastic um, performance by Hamoli. So that is my team of the week for round, 15, uh, round 14. We're about to head into round 15 with my tips for this weekend. But before we do so, Please remember to like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. That Facebook page is the best way to stay notified with all the latest updates of the show. The other way you can stay notified is by hitting the subscribe button, whether you guys listen to your favorite podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts. I am available, my podcast is available on any platform that you guys listen on and send in the feedback. I'm really liking the feedback. People really seem to be enjoying the show. Wherever you guys are listening from, it really humbles me um, to know that you guys appreciate the podcast and the, the hard work I put into it. But the reason I do it is because I love the game of rugby league and I love getting your opinions and everybody else's different opinions on the greatest game of all. So let's get to round 15 of the NRL and my predictions all kick off. And the round kicks off on Thursday night. Round 15 kicks off at Wynn Stadium at 7.50pm on Thursday night when the St. George Illawarra Dragons host... The South Sydney Rabbitohs, and this game is shaping up to be one of the most important of both team seasons. For the Rabbitohs, they're sitting in sixth spot, coming off a couple of big wins against the Gold Coast Titans and the West Tigers, but one thing that the Rabbitohs have been lacking in 2022 is consistency. It was always going to be hard to back up their premiership battle against the Panthers last year when they made the grand final and narrowly went down in defeat, but... It's safe to say that this season hasn't gone entirely to plan. Lachlan Ilias, the young halfback, has had a trial by fire in the NRL. And Cody Walker, his form's been questionable for most part of the year, but he's starting to look like the Cody Walker of old, starting to get back to some of his best football. And, you know, while the last couple of weeks haven't been pretty, especially in the first half in that Tigers game two weekends ago, and last uh, week against the Titans, the Rabbitohs really didn't look like they got out of first gear the entire match. Each win's getting them back to their confident best and their attack is starting to fire as we get to the second half of the season, which is always a good sign. Despite the fact that they've got seven wins and six losses, they find themselves 
in seventh spot. Um, it was sixth there for a little bit. I think that the Sharks winning put them back down to seventh. But the good news for South Sydney fans is they're on 16 points. The Sharks and the Eels are on 18. The Broncos are on 20, and the Broncos have a tough run coming up. So despite the fact that it's been a mixed season, the Rabbitohs are still very much alive for the battle for the top four, and they've named a very similar lineup to last week. The only change is Blake Taft coming in for Peter Moulos, who came in to cover Damien Cook after Origin last week. He is a specialist hooker, so he got the job last week under the bench. But Taft, he's electric from any position on the field, so a good impact player to have at the bench if you instill him into the game at the right time. But yeah, for South Sydney, it looks like they're on the up. The improvement um, is evident on the performances on the field, especially when you compare it to three weekends ago against the Canberra Raiders, where it was probably their worst performance of the year. The Rabbitohs are starting to build nicely, and with Latrell Mitchell coming back after round 16, it's all engines go for South Sydney as they look to get back to playing their best football before they verse some tough opposition that are coming in the next few rounds, including Parramatta, Penrith, and Melbourne, who they've all got to play before the end of the regular season. The Sanctuary did our Dragons on the other hand. They're a different story. I mean, it was a terrible performance last weekend for most of that game against the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys played particularly well, but they were clinical, as always, and it's always a tough road trip going out to Queensland Country Bank Stadium. But this is just a typical Dragons performance when you look at last weekend. They're always around this top eight area towards the middle of the season. Usually they're they're up really high at the start of the season and then drop a little bit. They've kind of been around the you know the seventh to twelfth area on this competition ladder all season. And when you want the Dragons to go to that next level against, you know, some tough opposition, a lot of times they'll just go missing. The games against South Sydney earlier this year, the game against Melbourne about a month ago where they got blown off the park and last week against the Cowboys are prime examples of that. And, you know, the one thing you can say about St. George is they beat the teams that they're expected to beat, but they struggle in the games where they've got to step up and, you know, put the hard work in if they're, if they're going to be a chance uh, against some of these premiership contenders. And to be honest, they haven't been this season. Now, I don't know if South Sydney is a premiership contender this season, but the Dragons have an atrocious record against them. They're really going to have to step up this week if there are any chance. I'm going to the game in Wollongong this weekend with my good mate Matt Cosaru, who's been on the show plenty of times, and he is a beloved Dragons fan. I'm a beloved South Sydney fan, and it's the first time that these two teams have played at Wynn Stadium in a regular season game since 2011. So bragging rights well and truly on the line between both of us. But for mine, I'm, I'm very confident in South Sydney. The Dragons... As I mentioned, when it gets hard, they go missing. They're not willing to put in the hard work, and especially for their forward pack. Players like Jack DeBellin and Blake Laurie, Jaden Sewer, um, Jack Bird, they've all done good things this season for the Dragons. They've all worked hard at certain parts of the year. But when they needed the most last week in that game against the Cowboys with their you know young, exciting forward pack led by the veterans like Jason Tamalolo, it almost seemed like they just were not, not a factor. And... That's concerning, considering a lot of those Cowboys forwards were backing up from origin. It's just not good enough at this point of the season. Anthony Griffin in the coach's box last week seemed like he was out of answers. And I'm also not a huge fan of uh, Ty Ty Amone being in that 5-8 position. I don't think he's playing great footy. Cody Ramsey at fullback can offer value from there, especially with his speed. And we we know the ability he has there. But he is he the best option going forward ahead of Moses Mbai and Tyrell Sloan? I think the Dragons actually looked better when Jack Bird was in that 5-8 position. But they've gone back, and I think they've regressed over the past month since he's gone back to the second row. So whatever Anthony Griffin's doing at St. George, he needs to get them in shape, get them in line for a late-season rally, rally so they can try to, you know, chase that top eight position, but it doesn't get easier for them, because after this week, they got Canberra, after South City, then the Broncos, and then the Roosters, and these four weeks that are coming up, including Thursday night against South Sydney, are really going to be the period that defines St. George's season, and at the moment, I'm just not seeing enough for me to put them in my top eight, or even suggest they'll get close to that, so in terms of this game on Thursday night, I just think South Sydney firing at the right time of the season, they've got a tough draw coming, but these are the games that South need to win. If they don't, they're in trouble. They could slip out of the top eight. But I just think that South got a little bit too much confidence. They're playing a um, 
they're playing a more confident style of football at the moment and they're, they're starting to believe in what Jason Demetrio is doing at the club and you know he's a different coach to Wayne Bennett no doubt about it and you know he's not that player manager that, that Wayne Bennett is but what Demetrio has is the trust of the senior players and I think that we're starting to show the results we're starting to see the results of that CF Sydney and you know if Cam Murray back on deck and probably going to play 80 minutes in this game I think he will lead CF Sydney to a victory on Thursday night I've got CF by 14 to kickstart round 15 Friday Night Football kicks off from 6pm at at Lotto Land. I was about to say Lotto Land. It's Four Pines Park now when the Manly Sea Eagles host the North Queensland Cowboys. And this is shaping up to be the ultimate test for the Manly side. The Cowboys haven't played away from Queensland much this season. They're going to travel down to Brookvale on Friday night. But the Manly Sea Eagles, they're going to have to be the best if there are any chance. I mean, they were better last week against the Tigers. But in saying that, the Tigers are very low on confidence. It was good to see guys like Sipley and Alloway and, um, you know, some unsung heroes, Cola for Manly, um, take the spotlight without Cherry Evans and Tommy there and really show that they're, you know, players of the future and players of the present. And they do make a difference in this Manly Seagull side. And it was good to see Schuster get a chance in the halves as well. I still think he's got, you know... He pushes the pass and he, he makes errors like that. And sometimes he, you know, has been known to um to not do what's best for the te- team in game management situations. But that's got to be learned on the run and he'll get better as time progresses in that area of his game, Josh Schuster. But Cherry Evans, he's back on board this week. Manly will take a lot from that win over the Tigers despite the fact that it was against the Tigers. And... They should be going into this game full of confidence, but you just look at this Cowboys side right now and what they meant over to achieve in 2022. Everybody wrote them off at the start of the season. I predicted them for the wooden spoon, and I've never been more wrong in my life. I mean, Scott Drinkwater's been a revelation since he came back into the fullback position, and I'm amazed, and I said it back then, why he didn't start the year there. Dearden and Townsend have done their job really nicely, but for me, it's the young players, the hammer, Talungi and the outside backs there, and especially the forward back guys like Nenai and Tamalolo, Cotter, Reese Robson, they've just been enormous this season. Even guys like Tom Gilbert, who finds himself out of the 17. Griffin Neem's got a, got a spot on the bench, but when he, Tom Gilbert, and he's playing good football, I'm not even joking, it's good signing by the Dolphins, can't make this Cowboys team. You know they're playing some good football because I think he's been one of their best for the past few weeks. So the Cowboys, for me, are just on a different level at the moment. Their run does get harder, and I keep expecting the walls, the wheels to fall off a little bit. I tipped the Dragons to beat them last week, but they just keep impressing me, and while they keep winning, I'm going to keep tipping them. For me, mainly a team that is exactly where they should be on the ladder if we're going off how they're playing, around ninth, ninth or 10th. Um, and, you know, they've got a big chance this weekend to make a push for that top eight, but... To do that, they're going to have to be at the absolute best. Cherry Evans is going to have to lead this team around really well. They lacked a little bit of composure at points last game in terms of game management, so he'll help them out there. Ruben Garrick's been one of their best players. He's going to be have to be enormous again if there's any chance. But really, it doesn't come down to their their playmakers because their forward pack, and this is where I think that the likes of Olukwatu and, and Jace Rorovich really have to lead it. They have to be in the fight like they were last week. They have to really take it to the Cowboys early, try to put them off their game because if they don't do that, it's going to be a long night. And I think it might be Jake Rorovich's best way to get back into the blue side because it is picked this weekend. If he can get in the Cowboys forwards faces, especially considering a lot of them are Queenslanders, upset them. If he can do that and you know, Manly can get over the top of those big Cowboys forwards early, suddenly we've got a contest, suddenly we've got a game on our hands, and suddenly it becomes a little bit more likely that Manly can escape with this uh, this upset victory in front of their home crowd. But that's the way they've got to do it. They've got to do it through the middle of the field. And when those tight forwards do get tight, if, if the likes of Jake Trojevic and Olaquantu and Alloway can get over the top of those Cowboys forwards, Cherry Evans has to pick the weak defender. He has to take the line on a little bit more. And that's the, the way to lead Manly to an upset victory of the Cowboys because the Cowboys' defense has been enormous this year to the point, I think, it's been eight games in a row now where their opposition, well, before last weekend, actually, because there was a try last weekend, um, but I think one out of nine games, that is, that there's been a try by their opposition in the second half that they haven't been kept to no tries. So huge effort by the Cowboys. They're overachieving this year and mainly going to have to be, um, you know, at their absolute best if there any chance come Friday night. I've got the Cowboys by 12 points. I think they keep the role going.
It's a battle of the top four on Friday night football when the Melbourne Storm host the Brisbane Broncos from Amy Park down there in Melbourne. I mean, these these two teams have had big battles in the past, most notably the 2006 Grand Final, but that is an eternity ago, and we're in the now, and both these teams find themselves in the top four, and what a turnaround of the season it has been for the Brisbane Broncos. They were, what, two wins, four losses after six rounds in this competition. They've turned it around due to hard work. Their forward pack has become one of the best in the NRL during that time. Kurt Capewell's back in this week, so is Katoni Stag, so they get some of their origin players back. Same goes as Sol and Cobo. But unfortunately, that win over the Raiders, and it was such a brave win last Saturday night, they were gone with 20 minutes left. They had no one left on the bench um, in the dying moments, but they had one player left on the bench for about 20 minutes left. They just hung tough defensively. Canberra were in the game, and Canberra showed up in that game, taking nothing away from Brisbane's defense. They hung on. They found a way to win the Broncos, and it reminds me of the old you know, Broncos you know, those dominant teams that we saw in the late 90s and early 2000s. And Kevin Walters is going to be so impressed with what he's done there this year. But unfortunately, as I mentioned, no Adam Reynolds this week. Corey Pax is out long-term. So is Herbie Farnsworth. There's even talks that Herbie Farnsworth could be out for the rest of the season. So the deck cards are against uh, the Broncos a little bit here. I mean, Ezra Meem, who's been good in first grade, he's going to partner with Tyron Roberts in the halves this weekend. Um, and as I mentioned, Capewell's back, Stags is back, Cobbo's back, so they get some relief there. But these injuries are starting to stack up at the wrong time of the season, especially this weekend. The last team you want to be versing at a you know half strength side is the Melbourne Storm, who haven't been at the best so far this year. I think it was a very entertaining game last Saturday against the Roosters. They still find themselves second on the ladder with only you know three losses so far, and. You know, they just seem to be going from... They just seem to be in that period where they're just starting to improve, getting ready for this big season, po- uh, this big part of the season post-origin. And you know, a huge boost for Melbourne. Ryan Paberhausen's been named in the 21 jersey. He could make his return this week. But, um, you know, they just seem to keep unearthing talent there, Melbourne. Grant Anderson did a remarkable job in his first game on the wing last week against, um, you know, the Roosters scoring two tries. Uh, the Roosters were up for that game, and... Melbourne, through their big forward pack, I think Felice Cafusi really led that forward pack well. Um, it was a back-and-forth battle, but the experience of Melbourne got them home. And, you know, as I mentioned, if they're both these teams were full strength, this game would be an absolute classic, and I think that the Broncos would be a chance in it if they played their best brand of football. But without their inspirational lead without, uh, with, in Adam Reynolds, without one of the best form centers in the game at the moment, Herbie Farnsworth, I just think that... Uh, the Storm are going to have too much, especially if Ryan Pappenhausen plays. Nick Meany's done a remarkable job at fullback, so I'm not worried either way. But if Pappenhausen comes in, it just adds another element to their attack. And, you know, Melbourne are so good at doing the little parts of the game right in terms of defense and making meters and a good kicking game that when they get close to opposition lines, the defenders have to, you know, contend with Munster. And if it's not Munster, it's Hughes. And it's not Hughes, it's Smith. And it's not Smith, it's Grant. It's not Grant, it's Kafusi. Add Ryan Pabberhouse into that mix. It just gives them a whole other dimension with the footy in hands. And when you think about it, with all those players, and we know that they're all game winners, match winners, the Storm almost become impossible to defend. So, um... If Pappenhausen didn't, it's a huge boost. But either way, I've got the Storm winning this game. I'm going to go the Storm by 22 um, in this game against Brisbane. And unfortunately for the Broncos, it could be a big setback on this the rest of their season because if the Storm can put in a score here, the Broncos have to be careful not to you know, be embarrassed off the park and let all that hard work that Kevin Walters has done there at that club this season um, you know, start to unravel because their confidence... We'll take a hit if they are to get flogged by, you know, the benchmark of the competition in the Melbourne Storm. Time for my favourite time of the week now, and that is Super Saturday. And the action all kicks off at 3pm from CEX Cough International Stadium. I'm just trying to remember where that is. I, I do not remember. I'm going to look it up as I keep talking. But the Granada Sharks will be hosting the Gold Coast Titans. Surely that's not the new name for for Cronulla's home stadium. I'm just going to look this up, guys, on the air. I'm not going to stop it. I'm not going to take a break. As I'm doing that, though, I mean, these two teams, obviously, at different ends of the ladder. The Gold Coast Titans now find themselves in last place, and it wasn't a good performance at all last week against the uh, the South Sydney side. 
the week before wasn't much better against the North Queensland Cowboys. And, you know, their inspirational leader in Big Tino, who's been easily the best player this year, Big Tino Fasilamalali, he tried his best um, to get him back in that contest. And Seas weren't playing great football, but Gold Coast just keep finding ways to lose. They don't seem like they've got the roster to compete with other teams. I know I say it every week, but there has to be a big change there. And at the moment, I'm just not seeing it. They're playing this game, by the way, at Coffs Harbour. So, um, you know, a bit of a country feel this this one um, on Saturday Arvo. So um, be good to to go out there and help the local community. Cronulla are doing a good job there. And, um, you know, it's an important game for Cronulla too because... They're not playing to their potential at the moment. I think they kind of slept their way through that game against the Warriors. There was plenty of points getting scored, and you know the Warriors were better under Stacey Jones, but those are games that Cronulla should be closing out, and they should not be conceding um, that many points to an opposition that you know that have been in horrible form in, in the Warriors. So um, for mine, they're missing Dale Finucane big time. Cronulla, they're missing that experience, and, and Cameron McInnes is, is trying to provide it, but they just seem a little bit clunky at the moment. They've got Nico Hines, um, who's been remarkable for him this season. Him and Moylan have done a good job this year, but, you know, Ramian and, and Kennedy are out long-term. They've both come in. Blake, Bra- uh, Blake Braley and the Fords just don't seem to be... He doesn't seem to get any opportunities because the Fords don't seem to be winning that ruck battle as easily as they were in the first two months of the competition uh, so, you know, I just feel like they're a bit stagnant at the moment, the Cronulla. They need a big performance to really show that they're, you know, they can still be contenders for the top four and contenders in the premiership race in general. Because if we go back, you know, a month or two ago in that game against Melbourne, they really took it to Melbourne in that first half. And obviously Melbourne ran away and got the win um, at the end of the night. But I love the intensity that Cronulla showed in that game, and I just think it's been missing since then. So I think Craig Fitzgibbon's got a job to turn around. Obviously, the top four is such a huge advantage if you can make it before the final start in this competition, in this sport. And Fitzgibbon's a smart coach. He'll know that, and he'll know that they need to be better if they're going to be contenders for the top four. And let's be honest, Gold Coast just got to get to the end of their season because they need a huge rebuild. I don't know if the answer is to get rid of Justin Holbrook. I, I think it might be. Um, but if Cronulla are serious about this season, they should not be dropping a game to the Gold Coast Titans. They should be winning this one. They should be winning it comfortably, and most importantly, they should not be conceding um, many points and many try-scoring opportunities as they did last weekend at the Warriors. It should be a um, a thorough, dominant victory for Cronulla um, on Saturday afternoon, but Gold Coast do have points in them, so and, and they can get into games in 20-minute in periods. They can find themselves coming back in the games. But, um, you know, Cronulla, they should be winning this one comfortably on the weekend. I've got uh, Gold Co- uh, Cronulla by 30 points against the Gold Coast ones. Saturday afternoon football continues at Morton Daly Stadium up there in Redcliffe when the New Zealand Warriors host the Penrith Panthers. And just looking at these... These Super Saturday matches this week, there seems to be those first two games seem to be absolute bludging affairs in terms of one side the counters because, you know, I mentioned it a second ago, the Warriors were better under Stacey Jones last week and, you know, the return of Josh Curran helped them, um, you know, in terms of defence, but overall they still conceded, you know, 38 points against the Sharks and just hasn't been up to scratch all season. Stacey Jones, to his credit, has made a number of changes this week. The big one being that Chanel Tavita Harris has actually been moved back to the bench, and we know that he's quitting rugby league at the end of the year, or at least taking a break from it. And Ronald Volkman, the young rookie, is going to get his chance to partner alongside Sean Johnson. I actually like the change. I think that the Warriors need a little bit of spark to try to salvage anything they can from this season, because with the Bulldogs playing like they did yesterday, the Warriors could find themselves right in contention for that wooden spoon battle the, the way they're playing, and really, they're just not committed enough defensively. They don't seem like they've got any imagination when it comes to scoring points, and, and when they do, a lot of times it's, um, you know, by an overlap or, or just simple defensive errors um, from their opposition, and it's just been a terrible season, um, especially considering, you know, their coach departed last week. It just doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. Mick Potter's coming to the Bulldogs, and you know, they seem to be really enjoying 
playing football under him and he seems to be improving the place. I think the Warriors are the opposite of that. I think they're going backwards and I think Stacey Jones is a legend in our game and I don't think he deserves it, but I think that the Warriors are going to be lucky to win many more games this year and they're obviously this week they're versing the benchmark of the competition in Penrith who were just clinical against Newcastle last week. They didn't allow Newcastle to, to get into the game and Newcastle showed up and looked like they were ready for a... Um, a match, but to their credit, they they showed why they're the the premiers. They're just on a different level to every other club at the moment. Navy Cleary and Brian Toe and Jerome Lua, all those three guys struggled um, at times during State of Origin One. They all came out and put huge performances in last week. They also welcomed back Isaiah Yo this week, Penrith, because he was rested after his knock in Origin One. So, you know, why the Warriors? Might improve in this game on Saturday night. How can you tip them to get anywhere near Penrith and how good they're playing at the moment? Every player in that squad there at at Penrith, sorry, know their role. They execute execute it perfectly, and you know they're just there's there's not a chance that we see um, that we see an upset on Saturday night. I just got the Panthers by a lot. I've got the Panthers by thirty. Um, and that's being generous to the New Zealand Warriors, to be honest. I hope this young player in Ronald Volkman can, you know, give them another element in attack because they desperately need it, and I hope that he can, um, you know, help salvage something this season because at the moment, the likes of Sean Johnson and co, they're not doing enough. Him and Reese Walsh, they're not doing enough with the football in hand, and even if they can, their defence just isn't aiming up for me. The last game of Super Saturday shapes up to be a potential blockbuster. At 7.35pm from Combank Stadium, the Parramatta Eels host the Sydney Roosters. And we are, let's hope that yesterday afternoon at um, at ANZ was a real wake-up for Parramatta because they were awful in that game against the Bulldogs. Their completion was terrible. They did exactly what they, I said they could potentially do and had to avoid on the podcast last week, and that was they underestimated their opponents. They expected to walk in there yesterday, Parramatta, get the easy two points, have an easy night for their standards, not do the hard work, and just cruise by and get the victory. And that was very concerning uh, for all Parramatta fans. Uh, you know, a lot of people, including myself, are now questioning their credit, uh, uh, premiership credentials. And I said... And Josh Duncan jokes that I say it every week on this show. If Parramatta do not make the grand final in 2022, it'll be nothing short of an absolute failure of a season for the club, especially the departure of some of their superstars. And, you know, for a team that's got such a good forward pack on paper, Campbell Gillard, Paulo, Papalihi, Ryan Madison, those guys did not do their job on the weekend. The whole team, the whole 17 players didn't do their job on the weekend. Mitchell Moses was forcing passes. So was Dylan Brown. They were bombing tries. They just wanted to win the easy way, and the Bulldogs made them pay for it. So they have to be a lot better this week. If they continue to underestimate lesser opposition, it's going to creep into their game and their routines and, and you know that, that 1% effort plays in all their games. And while they can beat the big teams like Melbourne and Penrith, they can show up and, and really take it to those teams. If you can't beat the lesser teams, those bad habits are going to start creeping into those games. And if they can't beat teams like the Bulldogs and the Titans and the Warriors and the Tigers, how can they win a premiership? So they have to be miles better this week. And, you know, it's going to be hard to back up. It's a short turnaround for them. There shouldn't be any excuses. They should want to be out here and prove, um, you know, that last night, yesterday afternoon was just you know, a one-off performance um, and get the two points against the Roosters. But really, I've, I'm losing faith with Parramatta. Um, they're just an, they play an inconsistent brand of football. And the Roosters, for mine, stepped up, especially in that first half against Melbourne last week. I think they are improving as the season goes along. I think they are starting to play a better brand of football. Kiri's looking, you know, more confident with Walker. And unfortunately for him, he suffered a head knock last week. But I think their forward pack's been better recently too. The likes of Collins, Takiyaha, and Croydon, they all start at the season a little bit slow for the Roosters. Out of form, I think they're starting to play their best football. And, you know, with Teddy at the back being one of the best players in the NRL and, and he's a match winner in his own right, he can turn and see guys like Joseph Manu and Daniel Tupo and, and, and Suwali to lesser the load for him and give the Roosters another option 
um, with the football in hand because they were playing really good football at the moment. And I feel like the Roosters are a confident football team despite um, when they lose to teams like Melbourne. The effort is there at the moment. And I don't think the same for Para. I'm going to tip Paramount in this game. I'm going to tip with my heart in the hopes that they're going to get back to playing their best brand of football and, and that the bounce back factor will, will come into effect here and they get back to the Parramatta that I know this team can be, the Parramatta that are premiership contenders, the Parramatta that are doing the little things right and um, the Parramatta that take it to the bigger teams in this competition. But man, I don't know about this one. I think that I think that the Roosters are a real chance. I just, I've got to hope, especially considering, you know, how good they've been against the Storm and Panthers this year at times in the season that Parramatta can get that soul of football and that 100% every player given there on the footy back, on the footy field back this weekend. I'm going to have to go Parramatta by one, but it's a very reluctant tip for Parramatta. Sunday afternoon, football kicks off from Geo Stadium down in Canberra and the Canberra Raiders host the Newcastle Knights. Both these teams outside of the top eight, the Raiders still very much alive in this top eight battle and they're playing some good football. I thought they were impressive against, again last week against the Broncos, but the thing that's really letting Canberra down at this point in the season is something that's played them since 2020 now, and that is, um, you know, composure, second halves of the game, and doing, you know, doing the things right to actually get the two points at the end of the game. They always find themselves in the game, but their game management skill leaves a lot to be desired, and, you know, Last Saturday night is one that got away from him in that game against the Broncos. And if they miss the top eight this season, they're going to lament their missed opportunities in games like that. And, um, you know, I, I know that Jimmy Fogarty hasn't played much football this year and, and Wyden was backing up from Origin, but they have to be better at controlling the tempo of the game. And, um, you know, they just seem to drop off when they hit the lead. At halftime at 18 to 16, I was thinking, well, Kimber's going to go on and they're going to get this victory. But... Uh, to the Broncos' credit, they came out, they wanted it more than them, and despite their heavy in- injury toll and the heavy price that the Broncos paid for that victory, they showed um, how to be a professional football team and how to close out a game, um, and that's something the Raiders need to learn how to do a lot better leading into the future, not just for this season, but for the for the future of the club and the organisation. And, you know, Sunday afternoon against Newcastle, probably a game the Raiders should win, but it's these games that they have to win if they're a chance of making the finals this year. And you look at Newcastle, and they didn't play that bad against uh, Penrith last week, but they got comprehensively beaten. But with the likes of Ponger and Milford and Clifford, the combination hasn't been bad so far. And, you know, their forward pack is uh, is starting to get fully healthy again. Daniel Saifidi's not too far away. And the likes of Clemmer and Frizzell are starting... Those veterans are starting to play some, some good football. Kurt Mears back on deck as well. I think Newcastle are a team that can cause you know, teams that are expected to beat them for the rest of the year, some headaches. I don't think Newcastle are a team that's, you know, wooden spoon bound. I think that they are better than that, and I think they're playing a better brand of football than teams like, you know, the Tigers or the Gold Coast Titans are at the moment. And, you know, I, I, I feel like they're a team that is slowly getting better. Obviously, the pressure's on Adam O'Brien and the whole organisation at the moment, especially, you know, how disastrous they've been ever since... You know, they'll 2-0 to start the year, but I feel like this game will be close. I think Newcastle will show up and um, really be competitive, and I think that the likes of Clemmer and Frizzell are going to try to upset the likes of, um, you know, Papalihi and um, and Tarpany, but I just think that Canberra at the moment, they've got more to play for. They're playing um, for their season while Newcastle's is basically over, and Usually that's not an indication that a team's going to win just because they're in contention. But I feel like the Raiders are at a point where they're playing some really good footy, um, and this win is going to be this game is going to be tremendously important to them because you can play great footy week in and week out, but if you don't get start getting wins, that confidence just keeps going down to the point where you know all that hard work you're doing starts to disappear because you're not getting the results your way. And I think they've been unlucky the last few weeks, the Raiders, not to get a result. I think they need this victory. I think they will get this victory. I've got Canberra winning this one by 10 points to keep their 2022 finals hopes alive. And at 4.05pm, I know the Bulldogs had a huge win on Monday afternoon, but if you're going to skip one game of the week, 
This might be the one to skip at 4.05 p.m. from Combank Stadium. The Canterbury Bulldogs host the West Tigers. And, you know, what is there to say about this game? It's 13th versus 15th. But really, the way that the Tigers are playing, they should be lucky to be in 13th spot at the moment because, man, it's been a tough month of football for them. I think they are going backwards. Brett Kamali... You know, I was full of optimism, full of hope before that game started, and then I saw it disappear in the span of 80 minutes, and, you know, it was not a good performance. Um, I think they've responded the opposite way to Michael Maguire's sacking than a lot of people expected them to. I think that people expected that the Tigers' problems would be, you know, magically fixed with the departure of Madge, but it's a very tough job. It's a, it's probably the worst place that you want to coach in the NRL at the moment. I think I agree with Paul Kent when he said on NRL 360 that, the West Tigers are a place where coaches go to die. And if I'm Cameron Serrato, I'm very much, you know, really weighing up what I want to be as a head coach. And I know opportunities don't come often, but to put yourself in that environment, it's a high-pressure environment. And Kamali's only there for the rest of the year, but he found that out last week. So, um, you know, I think they're a team going backwards. I think they'll struggle to win another game this year. And, you know, there's positives there. Dewey's back this week for the Tigers. Jackson Hastings, we all know he's been good this year. And, um, you know, he propelled him into a bit of a um, a patch of form there in the middle uh, point of the season, around, around, you know, 8 to 10, 8 to 11. But since then, it's just been back to the West Tigers of old. And while the, the club is directionless, directionless, I think that, you know, the team will be nothing against Kamali, but they don't have a head coach. They don't know what they're doing with their future. And um, I don't think the players are under any pressure to perform because they don't know who the head coach is going to be. They don't know who the person making the decisions is going to be about, you know, retention at the end of the day. And I just do not see um, good things for the rest of 2022 for the Tigers. But for Canterbury to get that huge win last week in front of their home crowd... Um, a crowd that's been so loyal to them um, for the last few seasons. Some of the club's legends were out there, Steve Mortimer, against their old arch rivals from the 80s in, in Parramatta, and they just dominated them. And don't get me wrong, Parramatta were terrible, and they just... The unforced error, the amounts that Parramatta had was was just atrocious. But the Bulldogs took advantage of those opportunities. They played some really good football. Matt Burden um, is... Flying high, he's in great form at the moment. Brad Fitlard probably really consider picking him as either a centre or a utility. The Foxes got a point to brew, and I thought their forward pack was really good yesterday as well, and really um, just completely outclassed Parramatta's. So I think the Bulldogs, this could be the start of something. I think this could be the start of a bit of a resurgence in the second half of the season. I don't think they'll be wooden spooners. I think they've got a few wins left in them, and if I'm looking at both teams in the weekend, the, the Bulldogs and the Tigers... I know that, you know, a lot can change in the week of football, but I saw a team that, you know, has struggled for a long period of time, but came together, played hard, and, you know, stuck through the tough times and, you know, finally got a victory and and were overjoyed and, and were so happy and relieved to get a win on the board versus a club that, you know, it's been a while since they've got a victory and I'm not seeing that those effort areas that I'm seeing from Canterbury. If anything, I'm seeing... Uh, a more down dressing room each week, each time I see them play. So I've got the Bulldogs winning this game by 12 points. I think that it's going to be a a big occasion if you're a Bulldogs fan because I think you're going to get two wins in a row. And um, I don't know if I was, I'd say that at any point during this season. So, um, you know, maybe I'm believing the hype. Maybe the Tigers are going to come out and prove me wrong on Sunday afternoon. But I've got the Bulldogs as big winners against the West Tigers to end round 15. All right, so those are my tips for round 15. Just to recap, I've got the Rabbitohs being too strong for the Dragons on Thursday night. On the Friday night contest, I've got the Cowboys being Manly and, and Melbourne, unfortunately, um, putting a big score on the Brisbane Broncos. Super Saturday, I've got Cronulla beating the Titans to continue um, getting some confidence. I've got Penrith being way too good for the New Zealand Warriors. You don't have to turn that game on. And somehow, I've got Parramatta bouncing back against the Roosters. I don't know why. I don't know who other than me would be stupid enough to tip Parramatta, but i just got a feeling um, that they're going to come in and make a statement. In the Sunday games, I've got Canberra being too strong for Newcastle and the Bulldogs for the first time in a long time winning two games in a row with a big victory over the West Tigers. Those are my tips 
for round 15. If we go over to my bets of the week now, there's not a huge amount of value, but I think the safest ones to go, I've got CF Sydney winning at $1.45. I know that's not a good start in terms of odds, but I think you can really put that in with... Uh, with let me just look at this. I'm just trying to find some V8 with Melbourne. 13 plus at $1.58. That's not great, guys. That's not great. Get rid of Melbourne 13 plus. It's not good enough odds for me. I've got to be honest. Um, all right, let's go the Rabbitohs at $1.45. Let's put that in with the Cowboys at, at 13 plus, $2.85. That gives you $4.10. I'm happy with it. First two games to the round. Maybe you can kickstart your weekend with a bit of money uh, with this bet of the week. But, you know, don't blame me if you if you doesn't get up. Game more responsibly. I've been very mixed on the punt this year, but that is my bet of the week. Let's go to the Supercoach corner. And another tough week for me. I mean, it hasn't been my season. I'm still around 30 for hours of strength. And, you know, I lost to my brother this week. And that hurts in, in terms of competition when you're losing a head-to-head match. But... I was really happy with uh, Karaz and Koala finally getting good scores last week. There's no huge buys that stand out this week, but I think one to keep an eye out on is Grant Anderson from the Canterbury Bulldog. Uh, from sorry, from the Melbourne Storm. His second game this weekend, he scored two tries in debut. With Xavier Coach's six to eight week injury, it looks like he could be the long term replacement, and he could see a, some big value for the buy round, and particularly to make cash near the back end of the season. I think he's a good buy. I also think it's impossible to ignore Joseph Tarpanay um, with how good he's been playing at the moment. He's on another level. So is Heman Hamoli uh, Olakuatu. I've had him majority of the season. I think it was since around four that I brought him, but he's just on a different level in terms of um, confidence at the moment. So I'd be looking at bringing those guys in. But that is Steve's NRL footy tips for round 15. I hope you guys enjoy the show. I'll be back next week. As I mentioned, it's been a super busy week, but I appreciate all the support. Give me your feedback for the show. I hope you enjoy your football in round 15, and I'll see you for my representative round preview next week on Steve's NRL Footy Tips.